2020 hit pageants hard. And whilst everyone else is talking about how to walk, how to talk and how to dress, no one's answering the real questions like, what should I do when I've lost all motivation? How can I regain my confidence? How do I pick myself up after a soul-destroying pageant experience? Or should I even be doing pageants in the first place, especially after 2020? It's time to make sure your inner game is as strong as your outer game. It's time to make sure you're aligned so that you're pulled towards your goals rather than being pulled apart. It's time to put that imposter syndrome to rest once and for all. I'm your host, Adrian Kwan, and welcome to the Pageant Boss Podcast. When I was learning how to play tennis, and I'm not someone who was wildly talented as a kid. Absolutely not. I, I by no means swung and missed at the ball, but I've actually, I don't know if I still have it, but I had an old video of kind of the first time I saw myself playing, the first video of me playing tennis. And I looked at the way I was hitting the ball and it wasn't a pretty sight. Um, I, I looked like some sort of jumping flea who was hopped up on some sort of performance enhancing drugs. It, it really wasn't pretty. But I love tennis and I really wanted to learn it. I, I love tennis for many reasons. One of them is that it's a one-on-one -on -one sport. I love it just being me against another person, not having to rely on anyone else. Um, don't get me wrong, team sports have their own place, but I love the individuality of it. I love the athleticism of it. You know, it's not like golf where you you know, whack the ball, sit in the cart sort of thing. You you run around, especially if you're playing one-on-one -on -one singles. You run around, get a sweat on. Um, there's no tying in tennis. You win or you lose. There's also no clock in tennis. You don't play for half an hour and then stop. You play until someone, you know, in a set has six games and a match has two sets, whatever it is. But for whatever reason, I decided I want to get good at it and I couldn't afford coaching. Uh, and frankly, I didn't want coaching because I felt like I could learn better myself. At that point, I really didn't know much about tennis coaching, um, which is what I, what, what I went into for the better part of a decade eventually, uh, was to become a tennis coach. But at this stage, I didn't really know anything about tennis coaching. Now, I'd probably tell you, you're better off learning by yourself because there's a lot of tennis coaches who frankly will charge you a lot and will probably give you really bad advice and ruin your game. But because I couldn't afford the coaching, I had to learn myself. Now, back in those days, using video cameras and, I mean, mobile phones with video cameras wasn't a thing, just to show my age. Um, but you had video cameras and we were just beginning to use computer software so you could actually hit a shot and then immediately see what you look like and then correct it. So what I decided to do was the club that I was working at at the time, because I just started working um, as a tennis coach, but I really couldn't. I was working with the little kids, let's just say, for a reason. They weren't putting me with the advanced, with the advanced kids or the advanced adults. But I thought what would be a good idea, this club had these Japanese tennis magazines and they would have sort of frame-by-frame -frame photos of the pros, the professionals, hitting their shot. Um, so these are the best people in the world, the best tennis players in the world. And what I decided I would do is I would go on court, hit a shot, and I would frame by frame kind of analyze 
what I was doing that was different to the pros. My belief being that if I did what the best in the world did, then I would get, you know, I would get the same result. Maybe not quite the same as them because they might be taller, shorter, faster. Certainly they would be fitter and they've done it their whole life. But I thought if I can mimic what they do, then to some extent I can get the same result. So I did that. Um, uh, our club had a ball machine, which is a machine you pour tennis balls in and it would literally throw the balls at you. So I didn't have to have a coach on the other end and I could hit hundreds and hundreds of balls um, and model myself after the best players in the world. And I lost, I could lose myself in that. I could do that for hours. I became obsessed with tennis. I learned how to string rackets. I learned the difference between strings. Um, I could tell you what pros use what equipment, etc., etc. I even had a stage where I had a long ponytail because at that stage, my favorite player, Roger Federer, he had a long ponytail. So I decided I would grow a long ponytail. Maybe I was thinking that if I had the hairstyle the same as Roger, I would play the same. It doesn't work like that, just to be clear. But um, I did that and I loved it. But here's my point. I now can play tennis, I'm by no means a pro, but I remember when I started working at one of the new clubs and there was a female coach there who had played, um, not professional, but the level under professional, and I was coaching side by side with her and she was watching me hit. And then she walked up to me in between sort of the students picking up balls and asked me, you know, what level had I gotten to, like how much had I played at, at this level, at this tournament, you know, had I played here, had I played there, the assumption from her was really interesting for me, which was that someone who looked like the way that I looked in terms of the way I was hitting the ball must have played tournament-level tennis or competition-level tennis, which, P.S., I hadn't because I just enjoyed hitting against the ball machine and then hitting against my best friend who happens to play tennis as well doing the whole tournament thing and competition thing was, I, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to invest the time and the money. But I thought that was really interesting. So here I am, this guy who's basically had no formal tennis lessons whatsoever and certainly not shown any great athletic promise. I mean, I remember in school two things. One was when I was playing t-ball, which I don't know if you know what that's like, but it's like softball or baseball. And I was out in the outfield, I got the ball and I tried to throw it back to home base and I couldn't throw it that far. And the teacher, rather than helping in any way by giving me advice, said that I should hail a taxi to get the ball to home base. So I remember that. And I also remember my PE teacher saying that I threw like a girl. And he certainly didn't mean that as a compliment. You know, if he did that these days, he'd probably be fired and rightly so. But my point is I didn't have any innate athletic talent. But I managed to get to a point where someone watching me play would think that I'd had years and years of coaching and must have played competitive tennis. I always saw it as one of my strengths as a tennis coach that I had taught myself how to play. Rather than going through co traditional tennis coaching where it's basically like a, like a McDonald's. You get all the kids in, you get them all to hit the same shot basically the same way, do the same drills, do the same practice, and you're drilling them again and again and again to the point where it becomes muscle memory. Now, you might think that that's a great thing. And there are some great players who come through systems like that, but you also lose individuality. 
And there are a lot of great players, some of the best players in the world who haven't come through systems like that. So my point to you is this, what I've been noticing recently and in my work with the pageant project, I, I've done, I think it's up to 100, interview 142, 143, but I've interviewed pageant girls outside of that and before that. So I would have interviewed close to 200 pageant girls. And what I've noticed more and more is how much certain pageant girls sound the same, whether it's when I'm interviewing them or whether it's I'm looking at the social media posts and it kind of it kind of gets to the point where my eyes glaze over and it's actually I have to really concentrate hard to take in what I'm reading or to take in what I'm listening to because these girls have become the typical pageant patty. It's like with tennis players, when they get the same drills, when they go to these tennis schools and they get drilled again and again and again to do the same thing, well, they all come out looking the same and playing the same. And with pageant coaching, I get the idea that, at least the impression that some of the coaches are, and maybe a bunch of the coaches are saying the same thing, you know, should do this, do this, do this, say this, say this, say this. And it gets to the point where everyone who's coming out kind of sounds the same. Now, again, that's better than having no coaching whatsoever, right? Dead set. You don't want to go to a pageant, just say I'm going to be myself, pay no respect to what a pageant involves and think you're going to be great. Doesn't tend to work that way. But in this day and age, particularly with pageantry, not like tennis, because tennis, the best player on the day wins. Pageantry it's subjective. Now, because it's subjective, that means you have to stand out. You have to capture the judges, specifically on the day, the judges' attention. Now, let me ask you this. If you are the same as everyone else, if you sound the same as everyone else, how on earth are you supposed to get anyone's attention, right? That's kind of the conundrum that made me decide I want to start putting out some advice into the pageant world. I guess in a way it is me giving back, but it's also just because, as I said, I've had a very long coaching journey. I've coached my entire adult life. My first job out of school was tutoring, maths tutoring, which is coaching. Then I did some science tutoring, and then I worked on an IT help desk, which again is helping people, and then it was tennis coaching, then it was life coaching, and then it was business coaching. So I've coached my entire life. And don't get like, don't undersell the coaching expertise, the coaching skill of a coach, right? Just because a coach, for example, a tennis coach might know how to hit the ball, does not mean they necessarily know how to coach you. Because the knowing how to do it and the coaching part are two completely separate skills. But back to my point, I wanted to give back to the pageant community some of the insights that I've had over the three years, four years that I've had interviewing hundreds of pageant competitors from around the world through a very unique lens, which is um, kind of an outsider, but not really. Uh, and kind of a more objective lens, I think, in terms of what I believe works and what I believe might be common pageant wisdom, let's say, 
but really just makes you sound the same and look the same as everyone else. And then, as I said, it's extremely hard to stand out. So I wanted to start this podcast just to so that you could have an easy-to-access collection of some little nuggets of pageant wisdom. To put it loosely, it's going to be mindset coaching for pageant girls. I'm not saying by any means I'm the only one who does that. I do know that there's a lot of walking coaches, that's, there's a lot of interview coaches, there's a lot of you know um, stylists out there, and they all have their part. But what got me thinking was that I recently, probably over the last year to be exact, have been getting approached by people to coach them. And I wasn't offering coaching and I wasn't even thinking of coaching. But by this stage, I haven't worked with hundreds of girls by any means, but it's been a very interesting journey for me. I've worked with an Australian girl who um, represented us at International I've worked with a contestant in uh, Miss USA. I've coached someone who was representing her country in Miss Universe. And the list kind of goes on and on and on. People have wanted to, to hear what I have to say on certain topics. And it does tend to be mindset stuff. So I've helped people overcome stage fright, phobias. I do get asked a lot about interviews. Um and the whole mindset behind them. And it doesn't have to be mindset stuff. The thing I tend to get a lot is people who've lost their motivation or lost their sense of purpose, and they want my input on how to regain their purpose or how to regain their motivation or even sometimes what I think maybe of their advocacy. Do I think their advocacy will help them stand out? And these are not really in the wheelhouse of a lot of the coaching that I'm seeing. It's kind of mindset. It's kind of not. And I'm sure other coaches touch on it a little bit. But it was just interesting to me that I kept getting approached by girls competing in major systems. And I would be talking to them and having a coaching conversation very similar to this. So let's call it mindset coaching for pageants. What I wanted to do was in part because Emma Collingridge started a campaign called I Promise 30 Days. And the idea of that was to do an action consistently over 30 days to form a new habit. That's the way I looked at it anyway. And, you know, as your habits go, as you sow your habits, so you sow your life, as the saying goes. So I wanted to use these 30 days to record a podcast episode for you each day on a little bit of unconventional pageant wisdom, unconventional because I have an unconventional position in pageantry, and help you that way. And obviously, there's no charge for that. If you want one-on-one help, then you can go to thepageantboss.com, and I'm going to start taking some coaching clients on. I am going to limit it because I want to see, I want to make sure I have something of value to add to the pageant coaching conversation and the pageant conversation in general. I've coached girls before, as I said, but this is the first time that I'm formally at least throwing my hat into the pageant coaching arena along with this podcast. So if you'd like to have a one-on-one conversation with me and see if I can add some sort of value, some sort of zip, some sort of pep to your step, some sort of motivation, or if you're just sort of tangled up in your own head, especially after 2020, 
Um, I keep my pulse on the pageant community pretty well because I know I have so many friends who are in it, obviously. And I get the feeling that 2020 threw a lot of people's pageant dreams under the bus. And pageantry is beginning to ramp back up now in 2021. But a lot of people are feeling unmotivated. A lot of people are feeling like they've lost their mojo, so to speak. And you don't get that back by, you know, let's say you feel like you've lost your mojo with walking. Yes, having a walking lesson will help. But if you've lost your confidence, if there's something in your mindset, if you're self-sabotaging, if you've got imposter syndrome, whatever it is, and you just try and handle that by doing the walking coaching, or you just try to handle your interview yips by having interview coaching or whatever it is, or you try to cover the whole thing by getting the best wardrobe, the best looking wardrobe in the world. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. Anyone can sense insecurity. Anyone can sense a lack of confidence. And there may, may not be a section on your pageant scoring sheet for confidence, but subconsciously, human beings, and your judges are human beings, I think, we are all affected by the confidence that someone portrays. So if you want to phrase it differently, what I'm offering is confidence. Knowing your purpose, knowing how to express that purpose, and helping you honestly just get out of your own way. Sometimes we have battles with people on the outside. Very often what's standing in the way of you being your best is yourself. And, you know, don't feel alone. I understand that. I have the same battle. I'd like to think most people do. But I think really after 2020, for a lot of you, for a lot of us, for me, for myself, we've had a lot of battles and maybe a conversation just to clear that emotional scarring would really, really help. And that's what I've been doing with these girls and had good success, had good results. And that's why I thought I'd offer it more publicly just to see what I can do. And then if it goes well, do more. So as I said, if you'd like a one-on-one conversation, then book it in at thepageantboss.com. If you have any topics you'd like me to cover or you'd like to drop me a message, then you can do so at any time, info at thepageantproject.com. Or if you follow me on my socials, any of my socials, then obviously you can DM me there. But I'd love to have a conversation about mindset, about confidence, and not just positivity, because, you know, positivity is great in that. But at the end of the day, if you have a phobia, or you have had a catastrophe in in 2020, and you've completely lost your confidence and your shadow of your former self, me talking you up and me saying, hey, yeah, you're the best, you can do it. And in your head, you're going, yeah, that's a whole lot of BS. But yeah, I'll pretend that I've, I'm feeling it because that's what you want me to feel. I'm not about false positivity. Um, I am actually qualified as a life coach with Tony Robbins, if that means anything to you. He's worked with some of the biggest celebrities in the world. People like Pitbull, Usher, Oprah, um, Conor McGregor recently. And then in terms of tennis, he's worked with Serena Williams, Andre Agassi, some of the best players that have ever lived. Um, So I'm qualified with him. So I know my stuff. As I've told you in my beginning story, I've coached my entire adult life, which is, I'm not going to tell you how long that's been, but it's been long enough. Let's just put it that way. 
So if you'd like to, head to thepageantboss.com. We can have a one-on-one conversation. If you have any topics you'd like me to discuss, any issues you have, send me an email or send me a DM. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode of The Pageant Boss. Are you someone with big pageant dreams, but you're feeling kind of stuck? Especially after 2020? Maybe you've lost your motivation. Maybe you've lost your purpose. Or maybe you're just not sure what your next step in pageantry should be. Over the last 12 months, I've worked with clients from systems such as Universe, World, International, USA, and Grand. I've helped girls get their motivation back, rediscover their purpose, and develop an unstoppable mindset. Sometimes, one conversation is all it takes to completely turn your life around, and I'm opening up my coaching calendar to you for the first time just for listening to this podcast. So open a browser and head to thepageantboss.com, where you can now book in for private one-on-one sessions with myself. Booking is immediate, and you could be up and running in less than 48 hours. Don't let 2021 be the year that got away. Book in now at thepageantboss.com. And I'll see you in the next episode of The Pageant Boss Podcast. Podcast.